Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i em-power.com you're listening to ngsc sports radio hear us live on ngscsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, spreaker itunes tune in and much more for our latest videos head to ngsc sports youtube channel follow us on twitter at ngsc sports and like us on facebook ngsc sports we never stop. I mean, I'm about to take you, my Premier League preview for the 2016. I try to tell her this is the most popular sport in the world. It is. No other yeah. sport comes close. That's right. Except maybe high alive. Oh, that is a shout out to Kenny Main as we start episode 119 of the A Foreign Affair podcast, brought to you by NGSC Sports. I am Power, and oh god, did I totally mess that up? I don't want to mess up. I know, I got it right. I am power. I apologize, Kristen Rojas. I did get it right the first time. I am power, as well as I'm next USA. I'm blindly stumbling through the introduction of this podcast as Edward Green, joined as always by McCall in Crime, Wes Bradshaw. Wes, I'm just I'm just so excited. It's it's the Premier League back is from when we are taping this podcast in 2448. 60 hours, I will be watching. Tottenham Hotspur again. I just hope we can find it on TV and the Olympics don't take all our channels. We we are we are the one ten o'clock game that gets a normal channel. We get CNBC. Yes, yeah, that's pretty normal. Yeah, I think you guys are on uh, NBC Sports Network actually on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think we, yeah, because we've got a Sunday game. We've got a Sunday mid. I think it's a midday. I can't remember. Oh, that's true. We'll be, we'll be reminding everybody because for the first time in a long time, we will be doing a Premier League weekend preview. But that is still to come. Plenty of time before we get to that. Wes, we will be starting with a quick roundup of the various matches that have been going on recently. We haven't been really doing doing that much lately however we will be doing our what is now becoming a tradition 10 banane questions on the start of this premier league season even as the transfer window stays open we'll end with news and notes watch for and so and wes let's be the first to congratulate brazil their first two goals of the olympics good for you guys just you uh, have literally like the most undercover expensive player in the world playing for you 
and and to to who might join him in uh, the two Gabbies. So congratulations on finally scoring a pair of goals. Uh, Wes, let's start if, with... Uh, by the way, if you hear my disappointment coming through, I'm watching the Yankees and Red Sox right now. I was too. I was red before uh, we started. It's now 4-3. Sox top seven. But hey, A-Rod flew out, so that's cool. Yeah, we got to boo him for a while, so that was fun. Okay. Speaking about booing people... Manchester United 2, Leicester City 1 in the most important game of them all, the 2016 FA Community Shield. Zlatan Ibrahimovic already etching his name in United lore as he came on and scored in the 83rd minute to win it for United. Jesse Move Lingard. over, Sir Bobby Charlton. What have you done lately? Seriously, isn't he like dead or something? Jesse Lynn. <laughs> Jesse Lingard with the other goal for United to get things started. And Jamie Vardy still having a party as he equalized early in the second half. Uh, Wes, does this game, without the newest edition of one Paul Pogba, does this game tell us anything about either team? No. Okay. That was a good one. Uh, I mean, it's way too early in the season. Uh, if we're going to get more into this a little later, I have some interesting thoughts about early season. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll hold them until later if you'd like me to. That's fantastic. Good analysis, everybody, on this big cup match. Um, Elsewhere in the Olympics, as we mentioned, Brazil currently beating Denmark 2-0. That would see them go top of Group A uh, and actually advance. Yeah. Got to be better than that, guys. Um, no, Some other big upsets, though, in the Olympics on the men's side. Uh, defending gold medal holders Mexico will not be advancing to the knockout stage. They are eliminated from Group C as uh, Hyunmin Sun propelled South Korea to a group win. Uh, and that group also included Germany. Uh, so, so good on South Korea there. Argentina also meeting out missing out on the knockout stage. I'm sure Brazilians taking absolutely no pleasure in that whatsoever. Uh, but it, yeah, but it does look like then that uh, Brazil could potentially be facing uh, Colombia in the, uh, the next round. Never, never, never a fun affair when those two teams get together. Other matchups that are already locked in include South Korea and Honduras, as well as a good old fashioned Euro matchup with Portugal and Germany. On the women's side, uh, 12 teams entered, 8 teams come out into the knockout stage. Uh, your quarterfinal matchups are already locked into place with Brazil and Australia. Uh, United States, Sweden, oh, good for one Sweden team advancing to a knockout stage of something. Uh, Canada, France, and then China versus Germany. Uh, Wes, let's, we'll talk one second about the United States women's national team, the true national team for the United States uh, quit really heartbreaking to see them uh, lose out against or not lose out, but lose a victory against Colombia at the death two uh, one up pegged back right at the end. Uh, but still United States go through on goal differential Mallory Pugh uh, just doing things that no 17-year-old should be doing uh, for their national team, but she is lighting up the tournament right now. I was going to say, you need to put that in perspective as you said that. That's true. Um, But really, this this United States women's national team, I'm sorry, with a target on their back, we talked about last week, maybe they're the villain. Uh, Hope Solo has been chanted Zika at. She made two pretty bad errors in the Columbia match, but still, are the United States the favorites 
to win gold in Rio on August 19th? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they've been the best team thus far in the tournament. Hope Solo, a couple of uh, uncharacteristic mm-hmm. uh, goals allowed by her, almost Howler-esque. Yeah, almost Joe uh, Hart-esque. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, she she's definitely taken the Joe Hart mantle in the last match. But, you know, overall, I just I think the United States still too much firepower. Um, you know, they beat France. That was that's probably the second best team in this tournament is France. Mm-hmm. They've already proven they can beat them. I mean, as long as the U.S. women don't have any catastrophic catastrophic injuries or, you know, something weird doesn't happen, they're still definitely your gold medal favorite. Certainly. We're both having trouble tonight. We're, we're just so excited about the Premier League. Um, so that's your Olympics. We'll see. Uh, the United States next plays on April 12th, which is this Friday in the capital of Brazil, Brasilia, again against Sweden. Uh, Real Madrid beats Sevilla 3-2 in the UEFA Super Cup. And in a game that literally no one really wanted to play in, uh, even Konoplyanka uh, looked like he may have given Sevilla the win with a with a penalty. But however, uh, Ed, that's former Liver, former Liverpool target Yevon Konoplyanka. Excuse me, I should have known. Sergio don't, Ramos. Don't, for, don't forget. It. Don't forget that. Yeah, Sergio Ramos uh, had the late equalizer, uh, as only Sergio Ramos can. And as predicted, Danny Carvajal, is he a former Liverpool target? Uh, yes, actually. There you go. Former Liverpool target Danny Carvajal with the winner for Real Madrid in the Super Cup as a Gareth Bale aside uh, still was enough for the win. Uh, lastly, just to wrap up real quick, uh, Champions League uh Final playoff stages will be taking place over the next two weeks. Two leg matches there. Manchester City involved in that. In the Europa League, West Ham will be fighting to get out of there as well. Those will be taking place the next two Thursdays starting, uh, I believe that would be the 21st of August. And then after that, we will know our group stage draws for both uh, the Champions League and Europa. But Wes, enough pleasantries. Let's get right into it because in front of me and potentially in front of you, if you brought up the email, I don't know, uh, we have 10 burning questions about the Premier League. Are you ready to dive in? Ed, I've got my cream ready, my penicillin sitting to the side. I'm ready for these burning questions. Fantastic. All right. This might start as a bit of an odd question, but after a couple of things that happened in this past uh, week or so, I felt it was appropriate to ask. We're starting with a team that maybe people wouldn't think we'd normally start with. Uh, we are actually going to start with Swansea. Yes, Swansea. After uh, they, they got rid of their manager last season, uh, Gary Monk uh, was was gotten rid of, and now it's Francois uh, Guidoline uh, who will be taking over for Swansea. Uh, as I'm trying to pull up some of their other stuff here, the question is: They they've sold Andrew Au to West Ham. They have sold Ashley Williams uh, recently to Everton after his fantastic run at Euro 2016 this year. Uh, they did bring in Fernando Lorente, but Wes, after after these moves and sending Bafatemi Gomez out on loan, do Swansea have a bit of a death wish this year? I can't really figure out what the heck Swansea are doing. Um, I mean, these are kind of bizarre moves, unless 
they're deacon everyone and they've got a few uh, transfers in their back pocket that they haven't pulled out yet. I mean, Fernando Lorente, I kind of think he's a little past his best. <laughs> 31 years old. Uh, uh, not, I think only scored about 11 goals last year in, in La Liga. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's kind of weird. I mean, he's he's solid, but, I mean, he doesn't have anywhere near the potential that AU has uh, to bring to the table, nor the dynamism that AU brings. Um, but, uh, I don't know, and Ashley Williams has been, I mean, he has been a centerpiece, obviously a, a Welshman uh, playing for the Welsh side in Swansea. Uh, you know, he, he's been a centerpiece you know, since before Brendan Rodgers was even at Swansea. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Rodgers actually uh, tried to bring him to Liverpool. So that's actually former Liverpool target, Ashley Williams. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he, he's been he's been the subject in the past of maybe some transfer rumors. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I just I, – I didn't think they'd be letting him go and then AU and then Botafembe going on loan. That's – I mean, this is a Swansea team that, yeah, you know, they, they solidified by the end of last year to mm-hmm. stay up. But, you know, as, as you'll find out as we get into our Premier League preview a little later, um, I kind of agree with you on this death wish, and uh, I've, I've, uh, it, it reflects in my preview. Well, I, I got to add that they did bring up Leroy Fair from uh, QPR, sort of a laissez-faire move, if I do say so myself. Uh, but they also did get uh, they get, did get rid of Adair, transferring him to uh, Lille over in League One for three point eight uh, million pounds. Um, and again, Andre Au, just twenty six years old, did have a good season at West. Uh, sorry, at Swansea this past season was a catalyst of that early season surge that Swansea had that made us start to think well maybe Swansea will will is really starting to build something here but I agree with you Wes I, I think they've just taken a couple steps back here and with other teams adding on pieces I, I just I start to wonder in this ultra competitive Premier League that I think we're going to see this year I, I sort of wonder if Swansea now has enough to stay up now maybe Lorente comes in and and has a great season but but right now it, it, it seems like Swansea's basically saying, all right, Gilfie Sigurdsson, go out and win us like 12 or 13 matches this year and keep us up. That that seems hey, like their game plan. Hey, we saw you do it for Iceland, so why do you need all these, you know, pieces around you? Um, it's it's some really interesting moves, and, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get to them a little later um, when, we, uh, when we hit our preview, but it could be a, uh, it could be a rough year on the Welsh coast. Certainly. That takes us to question number two. Uh, It's recently been reported that Arsenal in their first match, uh, when they will be playing one Liverpool, will be without Mesut Ozil, Olivier Giroud, and Laurent Koscielny uh, due to somehow getting back late from Euro 2016, which ended about a month and a half ago. Um, they will also be without the services of Gabriel, who suffered, get this for Arsenal, an injury. Uh, no news yet on Jack Wilshire's latest injury. Uh, their reports are good for that, but then again, it's also Jack Wilshire, so you have no idea if he's going to be fit for the match. Um, 
elsewhere. It may be then that a transfer that we made fun of a little bit a few weeks ago that Arsenal brought in uh, for their center back position. It was the 20-year-old Rob Holding who will be most likely having to step in to face the Liverpool offensive attack this upcoming Sunday. So, Wes, the question is, will injuries and a slow Euro return lead Arsenal to a slow start and doom them yet again? Well, you know, the whole Rob Holding, as you said, we joked about it a few weeks ago. If that guy's starting the first match of the year, we're really joking about it now. Yeah. Um... I do think, uh, once again, once we get to the preview, you'll see what I think Arsenal's going to have this season. Um, I think Arsenal, I think this could be the year that finally this whole transfer policy for Arsenal finally catches up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they are going to have a slow start because yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool are primed to come out and do something. Um, I think Liverpool feel they have a lot to prove. Uh, and, and Klopp, you know, Jurgen Klopp said all year he wanted to have his team ready to go from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And um, and Arsenal's here first in line. And I, I don't think Liverpool fear Arsenal at this point, especially with the players Arsenal's not going to have. Right. And I think that's one of the amazing things is, you know, Ar- Arsenal came into last season and I think we were we – were, sort of thinking that they could be you know one of the teams to beat I believe you actually picked them to win the league last year I may have not picked them to win the leagues just plainly out of spite for them um, but but this is this is a very different team now they haven't added almost anything uh, granite Shaka was kind of their big signing and while that is a good player for them they haven't addressed some of their big needs. Now center back is becoming a need due to injury. They haven't upgraded the offense yet. They they've gone after a couple of people, and once again for Arsenal, that doesn't. They don't seem like they're able to pony up enough money, which is just bizarre. And I will never understand why how that can happen with a Premier League team anymore. But uh, but it's just not working. It seems like every other day I see uh, transfer bid turned down for Arsenal target XX. So I. I'm very as 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 worried as a Spurs fan can be for Arsenal. I would say at this point, and uh, but and putting on my journalistic integrity hat here, I, I do believe Arsenal could be in a lot of trouble. Uh, to start off with, Liverpool is is never a good uh, thing, especially now with a, a a the first full season about to happen under Jurgen Klopp. Uh, with them and, and to to go for that, that's that's going to be rough for Arsenal, I think, going forward. Well, and you know something I heard today because hey, while we're we're doing our preview for you today, Ben and Blazers had theirs out today, so mm-hmm. uh, I got a chance to listen to them, and uh, you know the the boys made a really good point. They said uh, they said Arsenal. It seems for Arsenal that they have set their prices of what they're going to pay in the transfer window. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they think it's still 2004. Yes. Which is so, ironic. You know, because... Go ahead. Yeah, well, and basically, I mean, what that comes down to is, you know, what was a $25 million striker in 2004, which could get you close to a world-class striker, doesn't get you that anymore. <laughs> doesn't even get you Mario Icardi you know, that, anymore. That, play, that player now costs about $40 million. Well, and I think, you know, the, the funny part about it is is 
a lot of people, I think, would agree with what Wenger said about Paul Pogba, that the price is kind of insane uh, when, when you when you think about what you're basically paying for. But I also think that does kind of reflect Arsenal's transfer policy. He's, he's not willing to go out and absolutely break the bank for a world-class talent. Manchester United... For better or for worse, and we'll get to that later, I'm sure, uh, they are willing to break the bank multiple times, in fact, uh, to get players that they think they need, and because of their brand, they can do it. So uh, a couple of uh, differing transfer proposals there. Well, and, and the thing is, there there's a couple ways you can go about doing this now. You know, One is to break the bank. Be mm-hmm. City, be United, be Chelsea. You know, Go out and do it. The other way to do it is to, you know, have a project, put it in place, and stick to the project. More like like the Tottenham mold, the Southampton mold, mm-hmm. you know, closer even to the Liverpool mold. You know, hey, here's here's what we're identifying we want to do. We're going to stick to this, and this is what we're going to do. <clears throat> but the thing is, you've got Arsenal out here who one day look like, you know, well, okay, we want to have a project. And then the next day, well, we're going to spend $45 million on Mesodozel. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that means we're going to buy players? No, just no. one. <laughs> just the one. Yeah, just, no, just, just one, maybe. And then, and then you know, back to the bargain bin. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, as as Man United are bringing in Paul Pogba, um, you know, as as Man City needing help in the middle have gone for John Stones, as you know, Chelsea may be going in for uh, you know a bigger name. You know, Arsenal or talking to West Brom about bringing in Johnny Evans. Yeah. I and mean, they couldn't even get him yet. No, we can't even do that. I mean, Johnny freaking Evans. I mean, the guy was passed it at United five years ago. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the thing is, you know, people have a problem with, with uh, Arsenal's transfer policy. And the thing is, I don't think anyone can figure out Arsenal's transfer policy. Arsenal most of all. Yeah, and that that's going to be an issue. As we said, they open with Liverpool next week. They'll be at title holders Leicester, then at Watford, then home for Southampton. That's their first four matches. And while Southampton may finally be a little bit down the season, that's still not an easy uh, start to the season for Arsene Wenger's side. All right, question three in our list of Benane questions. Uh, Wes which Europa League team will finish the year in worse shape? You know, we, we love our Europa League. Uh, will it be <laughs> West Ham or Southampton? Um, I'm, I'm putting mine on Southampton. Um, I, well, I don't think, I don't think West, West Ham is going to be qu- maybe quite as good as last year. Um, I think Southampton... I think Southampton are, are in a position that they're going to fall back. So they've just, you know, it's it's one thing when you lose a player every year. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when literally you're selling like half your starting eleven every year. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah, you know, you can you can you can uh, paper over the cracks for only so long before the wall falls down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, no, I'm not. I'm not putting Southampton into relegation zone this year, mm-hmm. 
But uh, I just I think this is the year they are. I think they are going to fall back some, and it might just go down as a development year. Yeah, first year uh, Premier League head coach Claude Piel uh, coming over from France, so he'll have to get used to the Premier League a little bit. Out Sadio Mane, Graziano Pele, Victor Wanyama in Pierre Emile Hoilberg from Bayern Munich. Um, in Nathan Redmond from Norwich, and in Jeremy Pied from Nice. Um, may, maybe these guys come good. Nathan Redmond was pretty good last year in, in the Premier League for uh, Norwich. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Hilberg coming out of Bayern Munich, but if I don't really know you coming out of Bayern Munich, you probably didn't do that much. <laughs> but you might know more about him than I do. Well, Hilberg, he's... Um... I mean, he's kind of, he's a pretty big, I want to say he's Swedish. Uh, he is Dutch. He's a fine Dane. Dutch. Okay. So wait, is he Danish or Dutch? I'm sorry. I, I, I did the wrong thing first. He's Danish. Okay, he's Danish. Um, I mean, he was supposed, he's supposed to be like one of the best young Danish players coming up. Uh, I, I mean, he, that's the thing. It's not like he's an old over-the-hill guy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I mean, he, he was a young guy, and, and you know, going to going to Bayern Munich when you're young is it, kind of like going to play for Mourinho mm-hmm. anywhere. You know, yeah. um, you know, unless you're just out of this world, world class kind of guy, you're gonna have a problem. I mean, Zerdin Shakiri had a problem breaking in at Bayern Munich. Certainly, you know, so. and actually did uh, spend last year on loan at Schalke. So. Uh, yeah, so um, you, you know he's he's a kid who's got some talent. Uh, it, it's it's never really come through yet on the big stage. Mm-hmm. So being twenty one, this is a big move for him. Uh, another thing coming to the Premier League, I think that's going to be another you know issue is you know you're getting a coach who has no Premier League experience. You know you could have said the same thing a few years ago. Well, Ronald Koeman doesn't. You know, Ronald Koeman had also won at very high levels at mm-hmm. Ajax and other places before. Um, so, you know, that's another thing, you know, you're on your third manager now in about five seasons, uh, Pochettino and, you know, Kuman both taking bigger jobs. So that at least shows that they succeeded, but I think this could be a step back season, but maybe it's a step back that, uh, you know, helps down the line. Mm-hmm. And you could make an argument, you know, if we go back to West Ham, you know, maybe their worst uh, loss on the year will be James Tompkins after he went to Crystal Palace. But they're bringing in AU, as you mentioned earlier. They're getting mm-hmm. uh, Lanzini back from uh, his mm-hmm. loan to Al Jazeera. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so some good players coming in for West Ham as they try to navigate the European waters. I, I think as well that they will drop a little bit, maybe down to like eighth or ninth, which again, in this Premier League is not a horrible horrible result it would be bad you know to miss out on europe again but mm-hmm. i mean it, it it's at this point you know finishing in the top 10 for for a team like west ham i think is still a good accomplishment yeah well i, just, I think the pro i think west ham's problem <clears throat> could be the fact that they have europe yeah they they have to deal with europa um Thursday Sunday is not a fun life to have to no, live no, 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 <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you know, it's one thing if you know, hey, like Liverpool last year, you know, they make a run to the final. It's one thing if you're doing that, um, but you know, to get into the slog of all right, we're in the final thirty-two. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, it's it's just uh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy being a Europa team and then trying to fight your way up the league, especially when the league is so 
stinking loaded. It's not funny. Certainly, and that takes us now to uh, to some other potentially loaded teams in the more bottom regions of the Premier League. Uh, two of last year's promoted teams stayed up. They are Bournemouth and Watford. And Wes, we have to ask, after last year's uh, tournament, or not tournament darlings, but title darlings Leicester, one year in the Premier League, the next year they're winning it all. So we have to ask, between Bournemouth and Watford, which of these two teams is more likely to pull off a Leicester-like <laughs> surprise title run? God, how can I get around this by saying neither? <laughs> we have to say um, which is more likely. We, I don't yeah, think either of us would predict it, but which would be no, more likely? No, I just, and we'll get to it a little more. I just think the Leicester thing was such a such a lightning in a bottle moment last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I literally think we could go the rest of our lives and never see anything like that again. Yes. I mean, there's there's obviously many in Britain who have gone their whole lives and never seen anything like that. So, um, but I think if I had, let's put this, if I had to choose one, say, to crash the top 10, mm-hmm. I think it would be Watford. Really? Okay. Um, I just, I, I think Bournemouth, let's put this, Bournemouth get a little more love. Mm-hmm. Especially from, you know, the English media and here the American media. I think a lot of it, you know, A, men and blazers have kind of romanticized them. You know, the whole Eddie Howe being this young up-and-coming English manager, that's that's kind of romanticized. You know, their story is a romantic story, whereas Watford is just, we're going to throw money at this shit until it works. <laughs> um, I, I just think Watford might have a little more infrastructure and what I mean by that is maybe a little a stronger starting eleven in place. Okay. Not, maybe not as many questions as Bournemouth have. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm feeling both are going to comfortably stay up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, neither I don't think either are going to be in the relegation scrap. Uh, but I, I don't know I don't know if either near cracking that top ten either though. Well, when Watford brings in a guy named Isaac Success, I mean, come on. Ha. That's that's just begging for a title run uh, you know coming what his out. His middle of... name is. Well, what's that? His middle name is Great. Is it Great Success? Well done. The uh, the uh, the right wing coming over from Granada out of La Liga, uh, just twenty years old. Uh, again, Watford with yet again a first uh, year manager in Walter Mazzari coming over from Italy. Uh, he'll be taking on the reins at Watford for some period of time. Um, I, I have to. Go ahead. I'll say for however long they deem necessary. Yes, just keep us up again. That's all we need. Um, I I have to say I do like a lot of Bournemouth's moves potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, now they they brought in Jordan Ibe, they brought in Brad Smith, they brought in Nathan Aki uh, as one of the Chelsea loans. They brought in Emerson Hindman, uh, a young American from Fulham out of the Championship. So they tried to bring in a lot of guys, and I think there's a potential there under Eddie Howe bringing back some of the guys, and the name is escaping me right now, but the one who had the injury within the first uh, week. Callum Wilson? Yes, Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, with a full season of him, hopefully this team could be even better than last year's side, which did come on late to comfortably stay up. My one worry is about Bournemouth is we did see a team kind of do something like this last year, and that was Aston Villa. 
They brought in a lot of pieces. Uh, they tried to make a decent push, and the pieces just didn't connect. Now, having said that, I trust Eddie Howe a hell of a lot more than I do Tim Sherwood. But but there there is the potential there that for, for Bournemouth, these pieces might not all fit together. Well, and just remember, I think here's a little more of a difference there, is um, Aston Villa, they brought in some guys last year. Mm-hmm. They also sold, like, the only guy who could score goals for them. Yes, for them, <laughs> for both of them. He could only score yes, goals for Villa. Yes, for only them. Um, and that, of course, being Benteke. Yeah. Uh, and then they did, not, they did not adequately replace, obviously did not adequately replace Benteke by any means. Um I think Bournemouth, Bournemouth, on the other hand, they've kind of stuck with a lot of what they had. And another thing I do like about their pickups is they've got some they've got some young, high ceiling guys. You know, Ake. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm a little surprised Nathan Ake didn't end up staying at Chelsea this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, as many problems it's, as they've had, and it's what they do. They were, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, this guy had a great loan season last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he'd be back. Um, you know, a guy like Jordan Ive, who, you know, has has a boatload of, uh, of potential. It's just got to be unlocked. You know, Brad Smith showed a lot of potential last year. It's got to be unlocked. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a good thing for them is at least they've brought in you – know, they brought in guys who at least have a pretty high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Where I think last year when Villa started bringing in players, it was guys like – Okay, I didn't realize he hadn't retired. <laughs> Who the hell is he? Well, and to <laughs> your point, this guy's thirty. <laughs> yeah, and to your point, you know, the oldest guy they brought in on transfer in this uh, period so far is actually Brad Smith at twenty-two. Ibe's twenty. Lewis Cook coming from Leeds out of the Championship, nineteen. Uh, Lee Musset uh, coming over from La Harve, just twenty years old. Emerson Hindman, twenty. Nathan Aki still only 21 years old. Uh, Glenn Murray is the oldest guy at 33, but he was just ending a loan spell at Brighton. So this is this is a very young team, who is a very exciting team. And, and I think you talk about unlocking. I think Eddie Howe is a guy that can do that. And, and I think that they, this could be a team that could shoot up. I don't, I'm not predicting anything even close to what Leicester did. But it would not shock me if Bournemouth <laughs> maybe snuck into that ninth place spot this year. Um, I, and I don't have them that high, but I, I do I do think they have a pretty decent ceiling. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way. I, I think they have a higher ceiling than Watford. Mm-hmm. I just think Watford's gonna have a better finish this year. Your your range for Watford is a little more compact than Bournemouth, but it's yeah. it's so okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. So uh that'll take us then to question number five as we start to look more towards the top of the table. Not you, Arsenal. Question five between Josie, Pep, and uh, Antonio Conte, which new coach will pr- pr- uh, better produce results this season? And you can interpret that question however you'd like. <laughs> um, <clears throat> hmm. Results, results, results. <sighs> wow, well, I think that's a that's a tough one. I think it's going to, as much as this sounds like it goes against all of my narrative, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Pep. Okay. 
Um, but I don't so much know if it's going to be in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe I believe City can make a deep European run again. Okay. I may have them down for uh, winning a cup in England this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <clears throat> you know, I don't have them falling off the earth by any means in my Premier League standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think if he wins something, gets a long, nice, deep run in Europe. Oh man, I mean, that's that's just tough. It's tough because it, it comes down to what you're what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to know exactly what Man United are expecting from Josie. Isn't it? I a mean, t- isn't it a Premier League title? Well, I mean, they're obviously putting in the investment. Um, so, I mean, I think they want a trophy. I think they w- they want to win the Premier League. Um, I just I don't know if United or I don't know. If, uh, let's put it this way: I, I think uh, I think this time next year. You know, give give Josie another off season to fine tune a few more things. Mm-hmm. I think they could be even better, but um, we'll 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 see, we'll see. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my hat in the pep ring, mm-hmm. and but not do it overly confidently. All right, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Conti. Uh, I I think Josie Josie's gonna Josie. And he already has a lot of the guys in place. I think that he wants, especially in the the, the forward half of the field. Maybe not so much in the backward half. Um, I I think that that they're going to be fine. I think Pep is actually going to struggle a, a decent amount in in the Premier League this year. I think Conti, and it's I don't want to just base it completely off what he did at Euros with uh, with Italy. But I think the way he galvanized that team is maybe the most important thing right now for Chelsea because that was a team that looked, even even to an extent, over Goose, with Gusinink, um, I think that was a team that was very adrift and very not cohesive. Uh, and, and I think if there's someone who can, who can kind of shape up Diego Costa a little bit, I think it's him. I, I think... I think he could be the one to get the most, the best results out of his players this season. Um, I don't even know that they're going to have the best season out of these three teams, but I think he's going to have them playing better football. I think he's going to have them playing more inspired football because in my mind, if you don't play inspired football for Conte, it doesn't matter who you are. You aren't going to play. Um, and I'm kind of looking at you, Ed Nazard. Uh, so that's that's to me why Conti will actually produce better results. And I'm not necessarily even talking about wins and losses, but I think he is a guy that can really push Chelsea in the right direction. Okay, um, and I mean I can totally see that. I I, th- I think um, I think there's going to be some growing pains with Conti. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe uh, I, I just I, I just have this feeling that we could I'm not gonna say see a mutiny against Conte by any means, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, you know, Conte's a hard ass. Yes, he is. And I just I, I I don't know if it's gonna be so much that or if he might burn out a few players by mm-hmm. you know February or something. Well, and I guess here's another question. This wasn't this wasn't on the list. But you did bring it up a little bit here, and I think this would be an interesting question. What What's worse than maybe as a player? Because Conti seems like 
this very regimented, very, very enthusiastic, hard driving coach. While Josie, Josie could be fiery, but he would kind of mess with you more with the mind games. And, and so I guess as a player, do you, do you want a coach that will be physically pushing you or mentally pushing you more? And, and which, which is easier to break from, I guess? Uh, and see, I don't think that's a very easy question to answer. Oh, it's not. Because, you know, the, uh, well, and I, I mean it in this way. I mean, we've seen, you know, let's just take baseball, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all right, well, we have the taskmaster. Oh, God, okay, all the guys are tore up. Okay, now we bring in a player's coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, now the guys are too loose. Mm-hmm. So I just – I think it can be – I think it can, like – that just varies team by team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chelsea went from the mind games last year to, you know, I think Goose hitting came out, and Goose was a little more uh, – not, not to, not to sound funny. The goose was a little more loose. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. Though. But you know, he kind of let them, he kind of let them, you know, express themselves a little more and play their brand of football. And I think Chelsea were better. Um, now you're bringing in Conte, who you know, Conte is going to be closer to. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not accusing him of parking the bus, but you know, the Italians have a hell of a bus company over there that they've had for decades. <laughs> Yes, they do. Uh, so I, I just think you can see more of that, you know, compact, defend kind of brand of football for Chelsea. And I just I don't know if that's totally what they need to do or what those players want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the thing. Roman Abramovich, who does have a lot of say in the players who are brought in at Chelsea, mm-hmm. Roman Abramovich wants to play this like high octane beautiful brand of football that produces goals but yet he keeps hiring managers who are like you know, <laughs> defensive yeah. stalwarts and hard asses that's what he keeps hiring so I can't really understand you know I don't really think Roman Roman's like a bipolar owner he doesn't really know like what the hell he wants sometimes that is true so uh, so I, I, let's say I, I don't know if this team is totally built to play exactly what Conte wants to play. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, a crazy Russian oligarch. <sighs> and, and I mean, don't even get me started on that back line right now, which is still, holy shit, what's going on back here? Well, speaking of back lines in disarray, and we did sort of mention this in our last question, but this will get maybe a little more incisive. Question six is, will City spending of over 170 million euros in the transfer market lead to success? Uh, they've brought in John Stones. They've brought in Leroy Sané. They brought in Gabriel Jesus, one of one of the Gabriels we mentioned earlier from Brazil. Ilke Gundogan, Nolito. Um, and, and they really have only said goodbye to Edin Dzeko and Martin de Michaelis. Um now, of course, the, the attacking was never really a problem last year, even when Sergio Aguero got hurt. They still did have a few other options, including guys like Kelly Anicho and Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, a season to forget. And as we talked about last week with the Sané signing, he has a little bit of, of heat coming his way for a starting spot. Uh, and, of course, then there's the John Stone signing from earlier this week. So, Wes, will, will the riches lead it to victories? When you look at what City have brought in, mm-hmm. 
you know, and one, one reason I'm not overly optimistic on a great season from City, not that they can't be good, but a great season is because, you know, here's your deal. You're, you're bringing in a brand new manager. A, never managed in the Premier League. But I think B, you know, Pep Guardiola wants to play a certain brand of football. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that this City team is built to play his brand of football yet. The signings that they have made, I like. I think they're very good signings. Uh, Leroy Son, Leroy Son, however we're going to say his name. Um, you know, he was. I mean, he was highly sought after. A lot of people wanted him. I think he's he has the potential to be a really top top player in the league. A really good player for Guardiola. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan. I think is going to do a really good job. Now his his deal is going to be: can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Problem I mean, at Gundigan, Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, Gundogan has a lot of issues on the healthy end. Um, you know, the other guys I like. I, 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 I like the players they brought in. I just don't know if they're going to translate into immediately kicking them up to that next level that they want to be at. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they still have God, they still definitely have questions on the back line. I mean, this is a team who has spent over the last few years, they spent seventy five million pounds on like a pair of uh central vendors. Yeah. Neither one who they trust for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Mangala and Otamendi. Um I don't know if those guys are really Premier League centered defensive players. Mm-hmm. That said, I'll get to them in Europe in just a moment. Um, you know, you still, I still don't think they're great at the fullback positions as Piliqueta. No, I'm sorry, God, wrong team. Never mind. Um, you know, the fullbacks, I still don't think they're, they're great. I think they're, I just think they, they're going to struggle at the back. Um, you know, can we, can we count on Vonsong company to stay healthy? Mm-hmm. No. John Stones is a guy who is a really good talent who is just who is nowhere near the finished article right now just mainly because he's played for such a shitty coach at Martinez. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has no idea how to defend. He has a lot of natural talent, but he doesn't know how to defend. I don't think he walks right in and makes you any better. Right. Well, guy, I think he's another one of these young guys that you bought who I think could be really good down the line. But I just... Uh, I think this is a team that can squeak into the top four. I do think, though, they're a team that can make a deep run in Europe. Mm-hmm. I just Guardiola is a good coach in Europe. Um, those two center defender, def, central defenders I just mentioned, Adamendi and uh, Mangala, they're much more suited to play in Europe than they are to play in uh, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they've got. I just think they've got some really good European players. I just, I just don't think they're totally built for a league run to start off this year. All right, and uh, so we'll see if that happens. I guess it, I think I agree with you. John Stone still has a lot of growing to do. Uh, he could become a great player, and obviously that would be good for you with England. Um, but, but still now. Now a lot to live up to, and we'll see that that didn't work so well for Raheem Sterling last season. Hopefully it'll work a little bit better for one John Stones. Uh, Question number seven. 
Wes. Uh, which is more likely this season? Leicester City again finishes in the top four, or Leicester makes it to the round of eight in the Champions League? <clears throat> Once again, I'd like to go back to an earlier answer of neither. Yeah. But, uh, uh, as far as them finishing top four, I don't think that's happening. Um, I think, like I say, you know, last year I just felt they totally caught lightning in a bottle. Um, they were, you know, take every, you know, every little uh, cliche you want to use. They came in under the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to play loose. They had, they were the, they were the hunter, not the prey. All that changes this year. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in the world has you circled now on the, uh, on the old calendar. So you're not sneaking up on anybody. Um, and, and then for Europe, I just... Let's put it this way. The deeper they go in Europe, the worse their Premier League position is going to suffer. Yeah. They're going to have to make a choice. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know if I'm not making the choice to give Europe a shot. Yeah. And I, and because, I, I mean, what the hell? You've won the league. I mean, shit, you've done that. Hey, let's give it a shot. Let's go to Europe and see what we can do. And I agree with you. What's what's really the point of then again finishing in the top four if you're not then going to take it seriously next year? When do you when do you start then taking the Champions League seriously? I agree with you. Now, now being in pot one as a league champion, they, they are probably going to get a fairly hard draw um, because they they are going to get some hard teams, I think, from pots two and three. But I think if they can advance, I I think they have enough in them. Depending if they, and then it's all about the draw, and yep. they won't be they won't be then still with a Premier League team. You know, maybe maybe they draw a Russian team. You know, maybe maybe there's another su- sort of surprise team that they can pick up. Maybe like one of the teams from Portugal. No disrespect to the teams from Portugal, <clears throat> but maybe maybe they avoid like. Barcelona and Real and Atletico and Bayern in the round of 16 and do advance to the round of eight. Well, um, maybe you get lucky in the round of 16 and get an automatic win like, I mean, Arsenal or something. <laughs> well, technically they can't because you can't actually play a team from your own country in the round of 16. <laughs> well, but I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at for that. Um, obviously, Angolo Conte leaving the club will be will be very tough for them but it does look like Mares is going to stay it does seem in a in a very weirdly worded article i saw he has accepted that he will not be leaving i think that's a very odd term to use accepting that you will not be leaving the club this season um but other than that i i think vardy is probably going to have a a dip in form this year and this is of course very hypocritical coming from me who poo-pooed everybody who said that Harry Kane was going to have a drop off last season I do think Harry Kane being younger and and maybe don't hate me Leicester fans a little more talented and able to do a little bit more around goal helped him out I think Vardy while being a great striker is one of those that can go cold and he was so hot for so long of last year that you have to think maybe a cold streak is coming. Um, and then how is Lester going to uh, ward that off? So I'll agree with you. I think a round of eight is actually much more likely than finishing in the top four again, because as you mentioned, if they do make it that form far, more than likely their league form will suffer to some extent, and that will make a top four finish very unlikely. But again, if you're Lester, 
you know, in, in successive years, you win the Premier League and then you make it to the final eight of Europe. I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good run, you know, for, for just about any club. That's a pretty damn good run. Absolutely. Um, you know, that that's a group that's playing with house money this year. Oh, yeah. And the reason is because, I mean, like you're saying from us, no one's expecting you to repeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's many people who are expecting you to finish in the top four. And no one's really expecting you to do a lot in Europe. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to get out of the uh, group stage in Europe, you've already beaten everybody this year. And if you're able to keep yourself in the top six, say in the Premier League, then, I mean, once again, you've exceeded all expectations. So I, I kind of think they're playing with house money this year. And it's an absolute coup for them to hold on to not only Jamie Vardy, but also Mares, mm-hmm. where I think a lot of people figured between Mares, Conte, and uh, Jamie Vardy, there was a good chance, A, you were losing all three, mm-hmm. and then a, a really good chance that you were at least going to lose two of them. You know, if um, if you just lose one of them, that's that's not that's not too bad at the end of the day. No, it's really not. And to keep what I think is, in some respects, maybe the best one of the three, and and especially in Mares, who who I thought really in the last week was going to be leaving, um, really really key for them. <sighs> to keep going there. Um, so that does take us to question number eight with a team who came very close to winning the title last season. And that is Tottenham. They have had a very quiet, very quiet transfer period here. Uh, just sending out Federico Fazio, thank God, and Alex Pritchard on loan, uh, and only bringing in Victor Wanyama from Southampton, as well as Vincent Janssen from AZ Alkmaar, the man who wants to be the next Rude Van Nisselrooy. Um, and it looked like, well, against Inter Milan, as we'll get to later, that doesn't really matter anymore, um, that he looked very, very, very much the part. Uh, but Wes, will Tottenham's quiet summer see them take a step forwards or backwards in this Premier League season? Once again, this this depends on what you're considering a step backward or a step forward. Um, I would consider it. I would consider it more from a player standpoint, less mm-hmm. so than a results-oriented maybe standpoint. Well, let me ask you this: If you finish third again in the Premier League and get to the knockout round, is that a better season? If this if this Premier League ends up being as difficult as I think it's going to be, uh-huh. yes, yes, I actually do think this would be a better season. Then, I, then I'll say I think they're going to improve. Um, you know, we say that you know friendlies don't really matter, and they don't to an extent. But there are certain matches that can give you that can give a team confidence. I mean, look, friendly or not, Liverpool beating Barcelona four nil. You're um, riding super high. Better, well, that's a much better result than losing to Barcelona. Yes. <laughs> you know, and um, Tottenham had a match like that within the last few weeks. Who, who was it that they just absolutely smoked? Uh, Inter Milan. Inter. Um, you know, and I, I, made, I made the comment last season when they played uh, Dortmund 
in the uh, in the was was that the Europa round of sixteen of Europa? Yes. And they basically conceded the entire tie. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you how much I hated that, just because I wanted to see that group of guys get that instinct to go out and compete with mm-hmm. major teams. Um, and like I said, obviously these preseason friendlies take them for what they're worth. But when you can go out and beat a main team and thump them the way that they did enter, even though, even though, taking into account, we saw enter personally, yeah. and they suck. Yes. <laughs> of course, Mancini's now gone. <laughs> Score one for us. Uh, the, the Charlotte curse continues. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I like that, and I like what I've seen from them overall in the preseason because I, I think they might have that edge. Mm-hmm. That they need, and you—that's going to be the biggest thing this year. I think in the Premier League, you're going to have to have a, a razor edge to be able to navigate this league and to be able to navigate Europe. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think some of the top, excuse me, some of the Tottenham guys—they got some good experience in in Europe over the summer. Mm-hmm. That's going to help them. And I just, uh, I think this team is going to have a little more of that hard, that sharp edge this year. Um, Where, you know, now that they've had some success, this group is going to, you know, they're going to go to Old Trafford and believe that we can, you know, we can go in there and win. Yeah. You know, we can go into the Etihad and win. Where in the past, I I don't think they had that confidence that they could go in and win those matches. Mm Mm-hmm. And not saying that they are going to go in and win all those matches, but when you believe, I mean, believing, that's half the battle right there. Certainly. So um, I, f- I think that's going to be a big thing for them is just the edge that they're going to have this year. Uh, I think definitely those guys being a year older is mm-hmm. going to help. Um, certainly can't hurt. Uh, I think they, they have strengthened in a couple of places. They didn't need a lot, but I think the guys they got were good. One Yama. Um, that that's going to give them a little more steel at the back, and, and that's going to be able to you know save Eric Dyer from having to play every match. Yes, which is very good. <laughs> exactly, and, and of course with Europe, you know you're going to be able to rotate those guys. That's going to be a big help. Um, they got a new kid up front. I know you know the name. I can't remember off the top of my head. Vincent Janssen, who is, and that is a position right. they also desperately needed. They needed someone else who could come in for Kane. That's right. So I think they've, I think they've helped themselves, and I think being a year older, I think this is going to be a better group. I'm not picking them to win the league, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of what a lot of people feel is their next progression domestically. Is well, okay, hey, obviously we need to win the league. I don't think you're winning the league this year, but I think you're not going to win the league, and you're going to be able to look and say, but we had a pretty damn good campaign in the Champions League. Yeah, and I think, and that... I do not believe. I do not believe you're going to wake up in Europa this year. Oh, thank God. Um, Champions League, really, really important for this team. Now now they're going to have to go take it seriously. I, as you said, I agree. I love the two guys they brought in. Um, I would have loved maybe like one more center back just to give uh, Toby a little bit of a spell occasionally. But I think we can rotate some guys around. Uh, Vertonghen looks like he's maybe going to be ready to go about week two or week three. He looks ahead of schedule, come back from injury. Uh, Dembele is going to be out for a few weeks because of 
suspensions because he poked Diego Costa in the eye. Um, but I agree, you know, they, they looked, they looked great against Inter, obviously. Uh, they looked, I thought they looked really good against Atletico Madrid in Australia with, with maybe not the, even their strongest team, even though they lost one nil. I thought they looked very good at that. I think Cameron Carter Vickers, the young American, it has mm-hmm. made great leaps and strides. And I think, in some weekends after Champions League matches or maybe before Champions League matches, I think you could see him on the bench, depending on the team we're playing, maybe even out uh, in the starting 11 as, as a rotation guy. I think he's he's really come on. Uh, Harry Winks also had a very good preseason. He's a name that that's going to find his way into the lineup more and more. And I think that this, this team, th- the one crazy thing about this team is they finished third and let's be honest really should have finished second and 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 i don't think anybody's really talking about tottenham and i i think and i i'm gonna i'm with you wes i'm not gonna pick them to win the league either but you know who's everybody gonna be talking about right now you're gonna be talking about city you're gonna be talking about united you're gonna be talking about Mm -hmm. arsenal i guess to an extent you're still gonna be talking about chelsea well everyone talks about arsenal just because of the grease fire that Arsenal could be. <laughs> exactly. And I think also a lot of teams are talking, or a lot of people are talking about Liverpool not being in Europe, uh, first full year under Klopp, bringing in some guys. I think there's a lot of buzz around all these teams, and there's really not that many people talking about Tottenham. And I think that that, and maybe couple that with with the uh, the way last year finished, I think could help also provide a little bit more of that steel you were talking about. And and if Pochettino was smart, first day everybody was back, he just take uh, a sharpie to everyone's locker and just write five one because that was the score when they played Newcastle mm-hmm. last year to end the season. And just like this can never happen again. And and this is what you're setting uh, going to prove all the critics wrong this year. And I agree with you. I think. <laughs> I actually think last year kind of expedited people's expectations a little bit to where you say, mm-hmm. well, now you got to go out in the league. And I don't think that's what this team has to do to be successful. If they win the league, that's great. I don't think they're going to. Um, but but I, I don't want people's timetables to get sped up. I mean, really, even last year we were thinking, you know, maybe 2017, 2018 is when we we're going to start really contending. Uh, and then all the kids for one season at least came good. And mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, we, we got to keep progressing. We got to keep growing. We got to learn to finish games. That was a problem last year, uh, which is weird because this is a team that I believe led in both points gained from a losing position and points lost from a winning position. <laughs> so I don't know how you do that double, but apparently you're Tottenham. Um, so th- there's things that they can definitely work on, definitely improve. But I'm with you. I think, if this league, again, if this league plays out, I think, how we think it's going to, which God knows that didn't work last year, but if it does, a third, even fourth place finish is nothing to sneeze at this year for this Tottenham club. Well, and one thing you were saying, too, about, you know, everybody's talking about United and Josie and everybody's talking about Pep at City and Conte at Chelsea and, of course, first full season, Klopp at Liverpool. Don't forget this, Ed. You know, what's always the sexiest girl in the room? The one that you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, the one that you don't know about. You know, not the one who you know, you know, you know is an absolute drop-dead knockout, Mm -hmm. but you see her on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for Pochettino, this year four or year three? Three. You're you're three. You're three. You're three. That's what I thought was year three. Um, 
So, you know, I mean, you're, you're looking now at, you know, this is an established guy. This is a guy who, you know, we talked about it earlier. Tottenham had the project. They had the vision. And the vision's coming good a little sooner than we thought it would. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, here we are at the end of the day. You know, Pochettino's just not the, the hot new thing on the block. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because you know who wasn't the hot new thing on on the block for a really long time that was Alex Ferguson he did all right <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody else had the hot new guy and all United kept doing was winning titles <laughs> certainly uh, you know I think Tottenham are in a good spot we'll yeah. that uh, let's go to question nine now which team will advance farthest in Europe this season from England West Leicester Tottenham Arsenal City United Southampton and West Ham. I think I know your answer, but let's let's hear it anyway. I think it's City. Yeah. Um, I just like I said, I, I folks, if you listen to this and Ed will confirm, I don't really like Pep Guardiola. No. I don't think he's the world's greatest manager. I think he's the guy who has gotten into the best jobs in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's fallen into the best spots in the world. I don't think he's the best manager in the world, but. When you get him into Europe, um, I think uh, I think his mystique kind of goes with him in Europe. And like I said, I just I think this is a city team that's built to do well more on the European stage than the Premier League stage. Yeah, I gotta I gotta agree with you there. I as we said, you know, I think it'd be great if Leicester City could even make the round of eight, and I don't think they're going to. I think Tottenham could maybe make the group round of eight if they also get a good draw. Um, that that that's probably their ceiling. Uh, Arsenal, well, round of sixteen. Uh, United, I, 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 I can't see United taking Europa too seriously this year. Um, so I don't see them going that far. And then Southampton and West Ham. Maybe maybe if West Ham wants to take Europa seriously, if they have a Liverpool situation, maybe they have enough to to, to make a run at a semifinal or final. But I, I think, like you, I think City is the right call here. Um, and see, my thing with United and Europa, United might have the best top-end talent in Europa, but... You know, once again, you're going to be, be you're going to be playing Thursday, Sundays mm-hmm. with a Josie. Who, to be fair, when was the last time Josie was ever in Europa? Never. I really. I mean, I mean, he might have done. Did it he? What? Didn't he win? He no. He won Europa with Chelsea. Or no? Was he not no, there? When, no, that no. Was Di Matteo. Right. Right. No, no, no. Was that Di Matteo or was that Benitez? It was. I think it was Benitez. It was Benitez. Di Matteo won the Champions League with him, I think. I'm looking it up feverishly. God, it was so... Oh, my God. Was, that was the time where everyone was getting fired and hired for Chelsea. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I know it wasn't Josie. I, I can't tell you the last time Josie had to deal with Europa, which, as we said, are those brutal Thursday-Sunday matches. Um, if United, and obviously I believe United's number one goal this year is to obviously win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, God forbid, I can't really see Zlatan giving uh, giving Europa too much effort. No. Because he's Zlatan and who the hell are you? <laughs> uh, 
God, I could see Zlatan saying, I don't play on Thursdays. Who the hell do you think I am? I'm Zlatan. And here's my thing. I think United actually have enough um, attacking depth that if they wanted to really make a Europa run, they could. I don't think they have nearly enough depth at the back. Yeah. I don't think they have enough depth at the back. I don't know if they have enough depth at the back to win the Premier League. I think that's what, that's what's going to keep them from maybe winning the Premier League this year is the is the uh, the defense. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't see United. I see United maybe being like around the sixteen or something. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't think United is going to make that big of a run. All right. Well, with that being said. Uh, before we get to the 10th and final question, the one you've all been waiting for, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. And thanks to all of our sponsors for helping make the Foreign Affair podcast possible. Back here, Edward Green and Wes Bradshaw. And Wes, we've gone through nine burning questions. There's only one left to do. And that is, who are your bottom four and your top seven Premier League teams for the 2016-17 season. And I'm going to start at number 20. Oh, beautiful. I'm going to I'm going to start with the two who are getting relegated, and then I'm going to uh, let you hang on who's not. Um, Hull City is right back. God, there. that's a joke. They're they're going they're going down like a like a porn star. They're going down quick. That, that's I mean. I don't think they've brought anyone in this year. And they've lost Steve Bruce, who, while that man could eat a hell of a pie, he could also he was also a pretty darn good coach for a ball. He's gone. Uh, Burnley, Burnley's just not going to score enough goals. I, just, I, I, I hate it for them because I, I think they did a good job of coming right back up after being down for a season. I just I don't think they've done enough and gotten a proven goal scorer. Um, I think they're going to give some people some problems this year. But at the end of the day, you can't hope to win a lot of one-nil matches in this league. Yeah. And have it happen. Um, my last team going down, Ed, number eighteen. This is a team that's been up for a while now. I think West Brom's going down this year. Ooh, we'll get to them um, in the news and notes section earlier. So that's interesting. Later. I think West. I think West Brom. Um, I just. I think there's a bad vibe around there. I think there's some bad mojo at the moment. Um, I don't think they can exactly figure out what the hell they want to do this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, you know, there's some stuff going on in the news and notes that we're talking about, but I don't think it's helping them right now. Right. And that's the problem. You know, Tony, Tony Poulos is a really good coach. I could see Poulos leaving before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying getting fired. Just be like, I'm done. I'm saying just looking at them. What was that? Just like, I'm done. Yeah, just saying, you know, give me a break. Kiss my ass. I'm out of here. You mm-hmm. know, you're reenacting the scene from Half Baked. Nice. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out of here. 
Um, I think West Brom's going down. And that, like I said, that's one that's been up a while. My team surviving, clinging to survival, Ed Green. Is it again the we same talked one? talked about them earlier, Swansea, Swansea City. Oh, okay. I think Swansea is going to cling to that last spot, keep themselves up. We talked earlier about do they have a death wish? Yes, they do. But but fortunately for them, there are three teams who have a bigger death wish. Yes. And uh, just to, uh, I did check on it. You are correct. Hull have so far brought in zero players this transfer window. Yeah, I mean, here you are. You're getting your money going up to the Premier League. What do they call it? The richest match in in, in sports? Mm-hmm. You know, you win the you win promotion, you get all that money to come up, and you don't spend any of it. And you I actually, and you actually sell the uh, the guy who scored the winning goal for you in that match, Mohamed Diame, to a championship side in Newcastle. So, exactly. So, yeah. obviously, you know, we saw it a few years ago with Hull. I think they've got bad ownership anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're going down. Um, but yes, I've got Swansea just surviving at 17. I think it's just as the ones above them. Um, the other team coming up, Middlesbrough. I've got Middlesbrough finishing 16th. Okay. So I think they're going to stay up for a year. they're going to stay up for at least another year. I think they've done some pretty nice things. Uh, so I think they're they're set. All right. So, uh, uh, you want to do your bottom? Sure, I can. Uh, I'm going to uh, agree with you on number 20. I I think. Hull are just not very good, and and they've only gotten really worse in this transfer window. Uh, 19, I am going to diverge from you a little bit. I am going to actually take Sunderland. Um, I just... David Moyes, he, he does an all right job, but I just, I think, I keep picking Sunderland, and one year, damn it, I'm going to be right. Sunderland takes the drop this season, and in 18th, I'm sorry, Gilfie. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do it. I think they actually might end up selling him then, um, maybe in the January transfer window to someone. Uh, I think Swansea City 18th place and in 17th place, little old Burnley is gonna actually stay up at the end of this season and uh, and and make one more run on their their road to repeat like Leicester City, their team that they came up with in the Premier League just a few years ago. Uh, I think Burnley's <laughs> going to stay up. Uh, but I do like your Middlesbrough pick to, to, to actually do pretty well this year. I think they could be like this year's Bournemouth. So uh, I agree with you there. So I'm just, I'm just a little surprised picking against Dovhead Moyes. <sighs> yeah, that, that's actually the reason. I've got, I've got Sunderland finishing a, a quite comfortable 14th mm. because I think Moyes comes in and actually really solidifies that group and doesn't leave it for the end like Big Sam does. We'll see. Well, maybe, maybe I just believe more in David Moyes. You probably do, and that's probably not a good thing. Um, so, Wes, that was the bottom of our heart, the relegation zone. To the top we go, starting, uh, if you want to go, do you want to just go back and forth, or do you want to do them all in one shot? Uh, let's, let's do back and forth. All right, uh, then start in seventh. Uh, and that's going to be interesting because i got to pretty much do mine right now. I, I have a couple of mine slotted in. But uh, but let's do this. Who's who's your seventh team then? Uh, I've got West Ham finishing okay. seventh. Um, I believe same spot they finished last year. That is correct, yes, because they were the last team into Europe. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, um, I think uh, Europa could cause them some problems early in the season. <clears throat> I think they're a pretty good. I think they're a good squad. It's just unfortunately for them, seventh is you know seventh is kind of the cutoff of yeah. you know it could be some really good teams. Um, well, not even seventh, maybe even eighth or ninth could be some really good teams. I just think um, them finishing seventh. I just believe they're. Some, I believe the teams above them are just a little better suited for the run this year. You know, I think they caught a little lightning in a bottle last year with, uh, you know, the fantastic signing of Dimitri Payet and also Slavin Bilic coming in and, you know, kind of hitting the ground running as their manager. Um, I think they sort of like Leicester a season ago, a lot of people slept on West Ham mm-hmm. and they're not going to sleep on them this year. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that. I think um, also they're going to be playing at a, at a different stadium this year. I don't know if you know this, but the, uh, last year was the, the last season at the Bowling Ground. Did you know that? Are you serious? I'm quite serious. You would have thought they would have mentioned that. You would have thought. Um, I am. I actually think West Ham is going to drop slightly farther, and in seventh place. I am going to slot in the defending title holders. I'm going to put Leicester City FC in seventh place. Uh, I think they're just going to have a bit of a regression of the mean. The the Champions League grind, the 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 target on their backs, is is going to really wear them down, all the way to seventh place. I know. Um, I think I think Jamie Vardy, even though I I said he might regress a little bit this season, I still think he's going to have a good season. Red Marez is going to have another fantastic season, I believe. And and they still have a lot of the pieces that made them Leicester last year. And I think to an extent, even when they played a a style that was you could figure out, even in the back half of last season, uh, I still think that that plan was good enough with those players that it can work. And I think this year it'll still work more often than not. Um, to keep them up in that seventh place spot, uh, so we'll do this. Uh, we'll do this draft a uh, snake style. So we'll go back and forth. Um, in sixth place, get ready for the hate mail, everybody. I'm picking Arsenal. <laughs> As am I. Oh yes. Arsenal in six. Uh, I just, God help me, I, 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 I thought about some other teams, but I, I just, I don't think they have enough, and, and kind of like I, I keep saying somewhat in jest, that it's going to eventually catch up to Sunderland, I, I think this year it's actually finally going to catch up to Arsenal, that they are going to, they have too many injuries, they haven't addressed nearly enough needs so far in the transfer market, and granted we still have a couple weeks to go in that, but I, I just I think this is the year everybody else seems like they've gotten a step or two better and Arsenal hasn't. And I think this is the season that they might actually get lapped by a few teams. So that's why I'm putting Arsenal in sixth. Arsenal started the summer off with the perfect signing. Yep. Granite Shaka. We it were was scared. exactly what they need. It was exactly what they needed, and I think everyone around the Premier League went, oh, shit, they finally, they're going to do it. They figured it out. And then they didn't do it. (laughs) I mean, that's all you can say. They didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everyone has said, okay, you need steel in midfield. Check. You need a big-time striker. Mm, No. Check nothing. No. We're sticking with you. 
Yeah, oh, we, we're going to use Theo Walcott. No, that doesn't work. Uh, we've got Denny Wildek. No, you don't. I mean, it's just, it just boggles the mind. The definition of insanity mm-hmm. is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And, and that's, that's the thing. I just think over the last few years, <clears throat> last year especially, Arsenal benefited somewhat from the fact that all of their top competitors went to shit last year. Mm-hmm. City went to shit. United went to shit. Liverpool were shit. Um, Tottenham shit the bed at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal were able to finish second. That ain't happening this year. Yeah. They're older. They're still injury plagued. They are decimated at the back right now. Um, For some reason, Wenger thinks that, oh, well, Jack Wilshire will save the day. Really? 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 Um, I just, you know, they're getting their players back late. I think they're going to start the season in a hole. And I just think this year it's going to be a little too much to climb out of. Um, and I'm going to go one further. I think this is going to be the last year of Arsene Wenger. If he doesn't make the Champions League, uh, I think he's going to uh, – I think they will mutually consent for him to uh, retire. 100% agree. <clears throat> uh, so take us into your fifth-place uh, fifth team, Wes. In fifth place, Chelsea Bus Company. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think Conte is going to come in. This will be a much improved Chelsea squad mm-hmm. from a season ago. <clears throat> uh, no European uh, obligations is going to help. It's just I talked about it earlier. I don't know if this Chelsea team has what it takes to really play Victor Conte uh, style football. Mm-hmm. Um, they're old at the back. Um, and they're not well. They're older. They're not getting any younger. They have really not addressed their back line, which was old and so. I mean, you're still, you know, Kurt Zuma's out injured right now. You're you're looking at another season of John Terry and Gary Cahill. Yes. I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, that's why I was surprised. You know, Nathan Ake not coming back into the fold. I thought, well, this would be a great year to put him in. You know, he's got a new manager. You can work with him. You know, he's shown to be really good out on loan no they loan him out again and you're once again just old as shit at the back yeah. you know uh, Davis Piliqueta is a good fullback Bramislav Ivanovic is a good fullback who really looked past his prime last year Yeah, and he's older he hadn't really done much to remedy that <clears throat> um, you know Batshui coming in as a striker I think that's a good move because I don't know if I would trust Diego Costa for an entire season. Yeah. It does look like Costa's going to be sticking around at least another year. But, you know, he's such a freaking head case. You have no idea what you're going to get. I mean, when he's on his game, he's nearly unplayable. But, you know, can you trust him for 38 games to be on his game? No. Um, Eden Hazard has got to be better this season. I mean, literally, he can't be worse. Can't he can't, and he has shown. You know, he's he's been a lot better early. Uh, Will I, William is still going to be. He's a good player. He'll be fine. Um, Fabregas, eh, we'll see, we'll see. I, I just, 
Chelsea made some moves. I just don't think they made enough and made the right ones. Mm -hmm. Of course, Conte, too, you know, part of that could be, I mean, he spent half the summer with Italy. Exactly. Uh, I think he's gotten kind of a late start, and I think they were, I think they thought they had a really good chance to get John Stones. And then at the end of the day, City were just like, nope, not going to happen. We're getting him. No, we're getting them or nobody's getting them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I just I just think Chelsea they're going to be better. I just don't think they're strong enough to make it go for a full season and get themselves into the top four. I do. I think, and because I get to make my two picks in a row, I am going to actually slot them in in fourth place. I think for a lot of those reasons you mentioned, I think. Uh, Mitsubishi is going to be fantastic this year. I think he's very much built for the Premier League, just like the car he's named after. Um, I, I think there's, there's the back can still be solved. I think I think they can squeeze one more year out of John Terry, uh, but they're going to have to find a replacement eventually. My fifth place team is going to be Manchester City. I think I think they are going to struggle a little bit this year. I think they are going to struggle a little bit under Pep. I think Pep is going to maybe struggle a little bit to advance to the Premier League, or to not advance, uh, get himself accustomed to the Premier League. I think Josie's going to play some mind games with him. I think John Stone still needs a lot of time to develop, even though he'll be under a better manager now. And I think the the European run that you and I both think City will end up making will take its toll. And in this Premier League season, I think that is going to be a big difference, especially when you look at between them and Chelsea. I think it's going to be very close. I could even see Chelsea winning out maybe on like goal differential or something, even though City is going to score like 800 goals. Um, But I'm going to pick City fifth, and I'm going to pick Chelsea fourth. So, Wes, that takes us to your fourth place team. Um, well, I guess we're flip-flopping in there because I've got Pep uh, finishing fourth in his first season at Cite. Um, I just think Cite have um, – I think their attack's too good to finish outside the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it starts up front with Aguero. Uh, Aguero's – he's special. When he stays healthy, he's the best striker in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's special. Um, and I – I think that I think Pep's going to do enough to be able to try to keep him healthy this season. Okay. Uh, they're not. Gonna, I don't think they're going to ask him to do quite as much. They're going to look at him more and say, "Hey, score some goals, okay? Let's go score some goals." Um, I just I think they've got enough to get another year out of a few guys. Um, <laughs> as, as maligned as he is on this show, I think Yaya could actually have a pretty good season, um, just because I think Yaya has a point to prove. Yeah. Um, so I could, you know, I could see him having a having a solid season. David Silva is still one of the best creators in the league. Uh, Leroy Son, we talked about him earlier. You know, that, that's a guy who could come in and score some goals for that club. Um, their big questions are going to be kind of like Chelsea. They're going to be at the back, but unlike Chelsea, this is a team who has spent a ton of money at the back mm-hmm. and and still have, you know, they've got a lot of expensive guys to show for it. But that's about it. Um, I don't think John Stones is going to be a huge part of it this year. I think you'll see him more in the cups. Right. Um, the health of on some company is going to be big. We saw last year when he played. You know, when he played, they were a they were a different team defensively when he played. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think he's I think he's on his last leg at City. I think this, especially with uh, Stones coming in, and with Guardiola being the manager, I think this could be the swan song for Company, mm-hmm. unless he has a really good bounce back year. Um, but if he can play twenty five Premier League matches, that would be huge for him. That'd be huge. I don't think you got to worry about him playing in Europe any. Um, just try to keep him healthy for the Premier League. I think they're going to have enough. Just because, like I said, I just I don't think Chelsea is built to finish mm-hmm. up there yet. But for City, I, I just I, I think Pep's got enough to get them to fourth. But he better be thinking about some reinforcements either in January or next summer. Yep. All right, third place, West Bradshaw. So I moved down to third now, and uh, Ed, I kind of gave it away earlier. I you said did. it, but I've got uh, Tottenham Hotspur finishing third this year. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna be slightly more bullish, and this is probably this is probably just the homer in me talking. I am gonna take them second, <laughs> and I'm just I, I'm okay. just I think they have a little bit more, and in third place, Wes, I am gonna slot in your beloved Liverpool. I think for a lot of the reason. Go ahead. I said I can live with that. Well, I I think, you know, a lot of the reasons I like Chelsea to finish fourth above City, uh, I I like Liverpool to finish third uh, because I believe Liverpool are actually a better team right now than Chelsea. Uh, Having Jurgen Klopp, having him in the Premier League, uh, now with a full season to go with him, uh, getting getting his guys back in um, and not having guys like Coutinho and Firmino uh, on the, uh, the Brazilian Olympic team, bringing them back in. I, I think this team can be very, very dangerous going forward, and I think they're going to hit the ground running this weekend against Arsenal on Sunday. Uh, I, I really think Liverpool is going to be great. I think not being in Europe, as we've talked about this summer, is going to be a blessing for them, and I think they are going to make a strong run and be fighting with Tottenham and my first-place team all the way to the end of the season for the title, and I think I I do think Liverpool, even though I have them in third, is going to make a very strong push to win the title this year. Oh, love it! Love so, it. so that was my, and I already uh, said my second place team is Tottenham. So now, now we go to your second place team. All right, my second place team in on the back of the greatest free signing in the history of mankind. Uh, Manchester United are my uh, my second place team this year in the oh, Prem. Doing it, um, oh, you're doing it. I'm doing it, but let me get through United first. Okay. Uh, Zlatan, Zlatan's a fantastic free signing, no doubt about it. He helps any team in the world. Uh, I think he's going to score a a load of uh, goals for uh, for United this year. Um, Pogba. I, I don't understand spending 90 million pounds a lot of money. on a guy who's not going to score you 20-plus goals. Mm-hmm. To me, that doesn't make sense. I mean, every other every other huge signing that's been made, I mean, you know, when you obviously when you talk about Bale and Ronaldo, I mean, those are guys who put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Even before them, you know, Kaka, who's also there. I mean, Kaka was scoring upwards of, you know, near 20 goals a year for for AC Milan. Um, 
you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I think United have gotten to a point where I think they're signing guys now a lot of times to sell shirts. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, is he a great player? Yes, he's an immensely talented player. I just don't think Paul Pogba is the difference in United winning the league or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just I think Zlatan is a much more immediately important signing for for United. I think Zlatan's going to score a lot of goals. I think United's biggest problem. Uh, I still am not convinced at the back that mm-hmm. they're that great. Certainly. You know, Chris Smalling and David De Gea. De Gea is elite as hell. He's world class. Chris Smalling had a really good season last year. I'd like to see if he can build on that or not. I don't think they're great at the fullback positions. Even though Valencia has looked really good here in the preseason, um, the Josie factor helps. I mean, obviously, Josie Mourinho knows how to win the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done it. He's he's good at it. he's good at winning the Premier League. We know that. Um, I think I think there's going to be a decision that has to be made on Wayne Rooney before the season's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't want to play him in midfield anymore. Okay, I understand that. But now you're playing him as like the off striker to Zlatan. I just I don't think he's being I don't think he's good enough for that anymore. I think right now Wayne Rooney is in the United lineup simply because his name is Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't really know how this Zlatan-Rooney partnership is going to work. I, I truly think for United, the more they play Marcus Rashford, the better. Mm-hmm. Because he is dynamic as hell. He's very good. <clears throat> um, I, I think he's he's going to be a big piece of the England setup going forward for Mr. Dynamic himself, Fat Sam. Uh, <laughs> But and, and of course Anthony Martial in there. I think they've got some really good pieces in that attack. I just uh, I, I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think United's quite good enough to win the league because Ed. <sighs> Who's your number one, Wes? Ed, you know I love my good cult leaders through time. I love you know my Jim Jones, my Charlie Mansons, my uh, my David Koresh's. My, my Marshall Herf Applewhites, and I love the guys who come in and just give you the feeling like anything can happen. And what they say is is going to happen is going to happen, Ed. Mm-hmm. Jurgen said he's going to win the league, Ed. No Europe. No Europe. The fact that I think this is as diversified a Liverpool squad as I've seen in a long time. Uh, like you said, Firmino and Coutinho were back early. They God, they're, thank God, not in this hellish Olympics playing right now. God, yes. I mean, here's the deal. This is a Liverpool team. Klopp said, I need my preseason. And I've seen Liverpool play some really good football in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And they're still not at full strength. Of course, they do have some early injuries. Go figure, Daniel Sturridge is hurt. Crazy. Um, I still don't think Liverpool are maybe done. I still think we're, we're, we're maybe shopping for a left back. Um... Could, so I think Liverpool could actually improve this roster before the season starts. Um, I just I think this is the year in. I think the stars could align. Um, I think there's just enough coaching turmoil at the at the other big clubs 
you know, I, I just, I believe this, this could be one of those do it now or it's not going to happen kind of deals. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like maybe Lester last year. It's like, well, this is our shot because it ain't going to happen every year. Yeah. Um, I, I think this Liverpool team has what it takes to win the league. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they are going to win the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 100% certain of this by <laughs> any means. <laughs> um, but I think this is a team that's good enough to win the league. But things are going to have to fall their way, too. They're going to have to get some breaks. They're going to have to get some Leicester City-like breaks where, like I say, you know, the growing pains of Pep, United not being fully put together yet, uh, the Arsenal um, falling apart that we're hoping is going to come, Mm -hmm. and Chelsea just not quite being back up to their standard yet. I think the trophy's coming back to Merseyside. Dare to dream. I, I don't think that's ever. a bad pick. I really don't think that's a bad pick. I am gonna, I am gonna take United. I and I think, I think Zlatan and Josie are good for one really great season, and I think this is it. I think they could also be fine next year, and by year three, everything could explode. And I, th- I do agree with you. I think the Wayne Rooney situation is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out this year. Uh, also, the Juan Mata situation is beca- apparently becoming a bit of a concern. They are shaky at the back, um, although they did bring in, and I, I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now, but the young, the young player, defensive player, they brought I, in, yes, fairly early in the summer. Um, I, I think... And again, I think there's three, maybe even four teams this year that could easily win this thing. And I'm just picking, based on Josie Mourinho and based on Zlatan, I'm picking United. Um, you know, but reshuffle the deck, you know, come back to me in a week, and I might actually really love Liverpool now to win the whole thing. Um, well, absolutely. Of course, you know, we jokingly say that we have to redo this at, at the beginning of September. We, we actually might. Who knows? We might actually do it the first pot of September. When they go on international break, we might just do this all over again. Um, but it, it is going to be, I think, a very tough season. And I think Josie, for one at least one year, can, can keep the players focused enough in this kind of season to, to grind out a title. And that's what I think they're going to do. I don't think he's going to pay much mind to Europa. I don't even think he'll pay much mind to the Cups, maybe the League Cup, uh, which does not have a sponsor this year, by the way. Uh, maybe the only sports show can sponsor it. Um, but I, I think that this, this is a, a Josie that is singularly focused, I believe, this year on winning the league. And that is a scary proposition. And I think they're going to do it. But as we noticed last year... Number one thing, Latin is on a one-year contract. That is true. So, so it is. It is. You're, you were saying. I think you know. You said very much. Liverpool is in there. This is your chance, and you better take it. I think in some ways that's also true for United because I don't know how long they can keep this situation together. Uh, they they very quickly could find themselves in more transition. Pogba obviously a signing for the present and the future, but with Rooney, Mata, Zlatan, and Josie. You have four people who could be transitioning out of Manchester very, very quickly. Um, so this and of is of course, I, you know, Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick's still a big part of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's what does he really have left? Yes. Um, you know there there, just, there are questions all over the place at United, but they are strong. I'll give you that. 
So, um, they, did, Ed, did you want to do cup picks? Uh, if you, we can do them very quickly. But if you have them, we'll go ahead. I didn't make cup picks, but you can do it. Okay, I, I did. I just threw them down. Um, I think uh, I think you're going to see big teams win the cups this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said earlier I thought Pep was going to get some silverware. I think Pep is going to win the FA Cup. Okay. Um, I, I think he. I think the the tournaments are going to be a little better for him. The uh, Champions League and the FA Cup. I think Pep are going to do well in. Um, my my League Cup winners are actually I'm picking Chelsea to win the League Cup. Okay. Um, they I wanted two years ago. Yeah, I can see that being something for Conte. You know, he gets uh, you know, gets him a little silverware in year one. Gets a better finish than last year, and that's a good building spot for him for next year. Um, those are my picks there. So. Uh, Liverpool, City, and Chelsea to uh, lift trophies this season in the Prem. Mm. Zlatan to win the Golden Boot. And there are your kisses of death, my friends, uh, as we as we start another Premier League season. You've been gone too long, Premier League, and now you also don't have a sponsor, you lovely lioness beast. All right, now we are... Kind of like, like the aforementioned all-new sports Yes, very much so, actually. Uh, actually, we have more sponsors than they do, but we digress. Um, going on now to a very quick news and notes. Um, West Brom, we talked about them a little bit. Uh, they have transferred ownership, uh, I believe the majority stake in it, to Chairman Jeremy uh of, or from Jeremy Pierce to Chinese investment group headed by Guochuan Lai, the 42-year-old entrepreneur, according to the article, is the controlling shareholder in Yunyi Gukai Shanghai Sports Development Limited. Sure. Um, they cre- he created his wealth in the booming Chinese economy, and according to the West Brom Fet website, baggy fans can find out all they want to know about Albert, Albion's future owner here at wba.co.uk. Um, the sale has gone through. And so we'll see how much of a role that plays. Again, the foreign takeover of the Premier League continues. Hope he enjoys uh, the championship. Yep. Uh, Two big coaching changes to talk about. One, Wilmot's out. We told you that from Belgium. Roberto Martinez in. Because sure. Yeah. I... Why not? But hell, you know what? Roberto might be one of those really good international managers. Because you know what? Roberto, in a in a short one time, I'm going to see you one time kind of thing, he might be able to put in, you know, he could, he's the kind of guy who can put together a game plan to, to really screw with somebody. Mm-hmm. I do like that the, uh, the very first tweet uh, after, um, from the tweet I found from uh, the official uh, Belgian Red Devils Twitter account welcoming Roberto Martinez is from one at Footy Accums, Footy Accumulators, which says, uh, quote, are you fucking messing? How has he pulled that off? What the fuck? <laughs> so failing upward, Spanish Bob. Uh, failing in another way. Um, the curse of Charlotte continues as no more than two weeks after we see him talking to the media in Charlotte and losing 4-1 to Bayern and losing 6-1 to Spurs in Oslo, Roberto Mancini and Inter Milan have parted ways. Um, the 51-year-old is now leaving the club and in comes Frank De Boer after he resigned from Ajax at the end of last season. Uh, 
Frank DeBoer comes in with 158 wins and 263 matches. He won four Eredivisie titles and one Dutch Super Cup. Uh, maybe a bit of an upgrade for Milan. Or sorry, I keep this. An upgrade for Inter, Wes. Uh, I mean, as for DeBoer coming in, I think Frank DeBoer is a, a good, solid option mm-hmm. uh, to take over from Mancini. My question is, if you're Frank DeBoer, what the hell are you doing? I mean, this is a team that, yeah. you know, just isn't good right now. Mm-hmm. And you're coming in now a couple of weeks before your season starts. You're not getting a full preseason. I mean, I just, I didn't think Frank DeBoer was this kind of desperate for a job. I mean, you know, he he, he has a good record in, in Holland. Mm-hmm. I just, ugh, I, I think he might have bitten off a little more than he wanted to chew. I mean, Inter's not getting relegated or anything, but I just, I think that's a tough spot for him to walk into. Agreed. I think I think they don't have a lot of pieces, and if they are going to sell Mario Cardi, uh, even if they said, as we brought, I mentioned a little bit last week, someone like uh, Cavani from PSG, I think it's going to be very rough sledding at Inter for at least this season for DeBoer, and then you have to wonder how long does he last all right that takes us to watch four which screw everything else we're watching the premier league that's what we're watching for and i can give you your premier league schedule for this weekend this saturday at 7 30 a.m we started at hull i guess we started hull but we start with the defending champions as hull takes on leicester city at 10 a.m you have your choice of southampton watford middlesbrough welcome back versus Stoke, Everton versus Tottenham Hotspur, Crystal Palace versus West Brom, Burnley versus Swansea in a already relegation battle there potentially. At 12:30 you get Manchester City versus Sunderland as Pep strolls on to the Premier League scene. On Sunday you get at 8:30 AFC Bournemouth welcoming in Manchester United. That's not an easy start for Josie Mourinho. And at 11, the game of the weekend in my estimation, Arsenal versus Liverpool at the Emirates. And finally, on Monday, it's Monday Night Football on NBC Sports, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, it's the USA Network. Excuse me. Uh, But it is Chelsea versus West Ham. That could also be a very good game. That again, Monday at 3.00. And then next week, our first Friday night match of the year. But Wes, enough soccer. Uh, Let us get into, after, after all that talk, my throat is feeling a little raw, so why don't we get so raw with the latest from the WWE? And luckily tonight, Ed, so this doesn't run too long. It's not a great so raw this week. A uh, little, little disappointing on both sides this week. Uh, I mean, here was here was my biggest problem over two shows. You know, um, two of the biggest matches coming up at SummerSlam. Uh, one is uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. The other is uh, John Cena and um, AJ Styles. Well, on SmackDown, I didn't get to see Cena or Styles, mm. and Finn Balor wasn't on Raw. Whoops. Um, I mean, it was just—it was kind of a—I don't know—it was kind of a weird show this week. Um, now to get to it, Raw. Now here's the thing: Raw started off great, absolutely great. We had a really, really fun opening segment. Um, it was uh, Enzo and Big Cass coming out, uh, trash talker Skywalker, you know, doing his thing. They were having a great one. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out with Kevin Owens, who 
Yeah, I've told you those are God. Those two together, are just I mean, that's David Copperfield level magic. They're that good. Um, yeah, they're great. Um, had a good match between uh, I think it was uh, Jericho and Enzo had a good match. Um, ends up after it's over, we're we're gonna get a tag team match at SummerSlam between Enzo and Cass and Jericho and KO. Mm. Which I'm really looking forward to. So that that's gonna be a lot of fun. And those guys can open raw every week for me. <laughs> you know, those are I, I mean, between Enzo, Jericho, and Kevin Owens, those are three of the absolute best talkers in wrestling. And all three of them talk so much shit, it's fantastic. Um after that, Raw kind of went downhill for me a little bit. Oh. Um yeah, we, we got some more build for our Brock Lesnar-Randy Orton match. They had a taped interview with Brock Lesnar, which was fine. Uh, Brock's supposed to be back on Raw this Monday. This this Monday and Tuesday should be better. It's going to be the two go-home shows for SummerSlam. So, I mean, they'll get better. Um, <clears throat> we, were, we were announced we're going to have a tag team title match at uh, SummerSlam between uh, my guys, Gallows and Gunn, uh, the club taking on the New Day. So I uh, know you're going to be at the edge of your seat for that yes. one, Ed. Um, Rollins, Rollins cut a solid promo on Finn Balor. Um, I know they haven't had a ton of time to get this going. I was just hoping for something better this week because this is, as you know, I mean, this is like one of my dream matches. I'm so ready to see those two in the ring. It's not funny. Uh, they did have a, an interesting Finn Balor segment this week. It was pre-recorded. Um, and it was basically him, you know, Finn Balor, of course, is Irish, and he was talking a lot about um, Irish myths and legends, and of course the name <clears throat> Finn Balor um, comes from Irish, uh, Finn McCool, a great Irish hero, um, and then uh, Balor, the Balor is actually the uh, demon king in, uh, in, in Irish folklore, so uh, he's kind of like the hero demon king. And, of mm. course, his alter ego is the demon. Um, so it was cool seeing him explain all that. I just, I wanted face-to-face. You know, after last week, uh, you know, they got a little physical last week. I wanted to see a follow-up. But I'm sure, once again, I'm, I'm just, I'm banking that Monday night's going to be better. Um, our night ended. Rusev defended the U.S. championship against uh, Cesaro. Good match. I mean, those two can work. Don't get me wrong. It was a good match. Um, uh, Cesaro ends up dropping the match to uh, Rusev, who is then uh, caught by uh, Roman Reigns with a spear to end Raw. Um, yeah, I, I like this. Uh, we're we're going to have uh, Reigns versus Rusev at, um, at at SummerSlam for the United States title, and that's going to be. That that's going to be a good physical solid match. I'm looking forward to that. I think they've done a pretty good build up for that. I think Rusev is vastly underrated as a stick man. I think he's great on the mic mm-hmm. um, because you know broken English to me is very funny. Uh, it can be quite humorous, and he does that. Uh, Tuesday night on SmackDown, real quick. Uh, like I said, no Cena and no. Uh, styles. They did a video package, but I just didn't think that did it. That didn't do it for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, the big title match we're building to is uh, Dean Ambrose versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. They ended up in a tag team match together on the same side. 
they won, and then Ambrose dropped Ziggler with the Dirty Deeds at the end of the at the end of the match. So you know they have their heat going forward. Uh, American Alpha fought again this week. They they look really good. They're they're the new team out of NXT. Uh, Chad Gable, jo- um, Jason Jordan. They're going to be fantastic. I'm just I'm a little worried about SmackDown. Mm-hmm. In and the you effect have been. that. You know, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan was talking about on that, oh, well, we're going to have our own tag team titles, our own women's division. Well, the problem is, yeah, you have American Alpha, which is awesome. You don't have another good tag team in that division, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a, you know, to me, I was really hoping what they were going to do was put the tag team division on one show and the women's division on the other show because those are two divisions that have a lot of strength at the top but just don't have a lot of really good depth. Mm-hmm. But then they split they split them both. I mean, the women's division, especially on SmackDown, is pretty fucking terrible. Um, I mean, the, the big storyline the first two weeks is that Eva Marie, who everyone despises, even exists. You know, not... not she doesn't have, like, the good, like, oh, we don't like you because you're a bad guy heat. She has the, we don't like you because you're a useless piece of shit who can't wrestle and can't talk. And you just need to go away. You're not entertaining at all. Mm -hmm. She has that kind of heat. The biggest um, storyline over the first two, over the first few weeks of SmackDown has been her not being able to wrestle her matches for various reasons. First, she hurt herself going through the ropes. And then this week she had a wardrobe malfunction. Nice. I mean, that's the best you can come up with. We're on Raw. I'm sitting there with Sasha Banks and Charlotte, who are just beyond amazing. I mean, I don't need a second women's title. <laughs> By any means, I don't need a second women's title. But, I mean, we'll see where it's going. I mean, she, you know me. I mean, I'm watching it either way. So, just entertain me. Just, just give me Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, and I'll be fine. And give me my Finn Balor and Seth Rollins match. Nice. And give me AJ Styles in the club. Boom! Hit me with a too sweet, my friend. Too sweet. Because that just got that. That was that was. I'm not gonna call that so raw this week. That was sort of raw. It was. I don't need any talcum powder. Let's put it that way. No, no. I'm, there's not nearly enough chase fiend for that to be considered so raw, but still a great update onto what's going on right now in the WWE. That is gonna just about wrap it up for us here on our Premier League season preview blowout episode here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. One more time, we would love to thank NGSC Sports. NGSC Sports, we never stop, even if this podcast is about to. You can find them online at NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. You can also thank our uh, sponsors on the Twitter as well. I'm Next USA, as well as I Am Power. And go find those guys on Twitter uh, at I'm Next USA and at Christy Rojas 11. Uh, so go find them, patronize their wares and their goodness, and tell them how much you love the Foreign Affair podcast. You can find us on Twitter at AFA Pod, Wes, you are at Wes Bradshaw 21. You can tell me how bad my Arsenal sixth pick is. 
not at uh, at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our sister show, the All New Sports Show. Yeah. You can email us allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Finally, mail us letters and parcels to seventeen oh one Sunset Avenue, Suite two zero one, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina two seven eight zero four. Lastly, a big shout to our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, the iTunes Music Store, Google Play Music, Spreaker, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Radio, the TuneIn Radio app, and much, much more. So, Wes, before we get out of here, anything else to add? Uh, my favorite baseball player in the world, Brian Goodwin, made his major league debut this weekend at Green, including today having his uh, collecting his first major league hit. Uh, against the Cleveland Indians, a uh, a pulled single to right field, and the Brian Goodwin era in Washington is hopefully underway. Move out of the way, Bryce Harper. There's a new sheriff in town. Sort Seriously, of. he's hitting just about as well. Um, and last but not least, I don't know if you had something to add on this. Uh, 2016 is the year where everyone worth a crap is dying. And you know we're we're not the mm. biggest fans of the worldwide leader on nope. this show nope. of of the ESPN. Mm. So when they lose someone who we actually really respected and mm-hmm. liked, that sucks. And uh, John Saunders today yeah. passed away well, Wednesday, sixty one years old. I haven't really seen a reason. I mean, I didn't. I never heard that he was sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew anything or not. I um, didn't hear anything. But. I, I couldn't really find anything. I, you know, I didn't see where, you know, he was found dead or anything, but I didn't know if he was actually sick or not. But uh, John Saunders, of course, uh, you know, head guy on the sports reporters for a long time, did a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was he was one of the true greats. He, he was fantastic and uh, really sad to hear that he passed away. Um, real quick, um, and I agree, this is, this is a terrible – terrible thing uh that has happened i i can't actually find anything else and uh given by how shocked i believe everybody was um it seems like this was this was not a sickness or anything this just it unfortunately just happened um as someone who isn't my total favorite person at the worldwide leader uh but now has my eternal respect hannah storm um has now had to go on air and and announce not just the passing now of Stuart Scott a couple years ago, but she is out now today being Wednesday. Uh, she had to go on air live and read the passing of John Saunders. Um, if 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 I am her, if someone else from ESPN should tragically pass away, I, I'm just going no. I, I cannot do this again. How how she's managed to do this twice is beyond me. I don't know that I could go out there. And tell that someone I work with, someone who I would consider not just a work colleague but a friend, passed away and do it live on air and not just completely break down in a crying pool. So, Hannah Storm, you you have my eternal respect, and I'm so sorry for your loss. But we're still not watching Sports Center in the morning. No, no, we are not. Sorry. So, with that. <sighs> And they probably wouldn't put us on Sports Center even if they did. Um, so for that, maybe we could just fight Stephen A. Smith like in a, a, a you know fight club setting. Like literally fight him. I'd do that already. I like where this is going. So while we go make plans for that, from McCollum Crime, West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Enjoy the Premier League, everyone. Enjoy it. We have missed you. 2016-17 Premier League season. Here's to the best one yet. Thank you.
And good night, Rio, because no one has been eaten by your water yet. Yet. Very much a yet. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i em-power.com you're listening to ngsc sports radio hear us live on ngscsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, spreaker itunes tune in and much more for our latest videos head to ngsc sports youtube channel follow us on twitter at ngsc sports and like us on facebook ngsc sports We never stop.